Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you riding along with me for another Monday show. We're going to be talking about all the big injuries from Sunday. Thankfully, there wasn't that massive wave of them this week, which is always good, but still a bunch of notable names that we got to run through, as well as the guys who've been sitting out, the guys who are just nearing a return here. Maybe next week, maybe in a couple weeks, we'll go through those. And then we'll talk about the top waiver ads, which, I mean, let's face it, that's probably why you're listening to this show, right? You want that early breakdown of the names you should be targeting this week before that full waiver wire column goes out on Monday night over at The Score. One thing that I want to mention here before we get going, got a bunch of bids already on that one-on-one fantasy video call that I'm auctioning off for the Oakville Milton Humane Society, trying to help raise some money for the animals there. Just want to thank everybody so much. You're all awesome for getting involved and throwing a bid down already. I can't wait to see who wins that one. And there's some other items up for auction there as well. So you can scroll around, see if there's anything else that catches your eye. I think the bidding ends on Tuesday. So if you're interested, you can check out that pinned tweet that I have on my Twitter page. And actually, I've had some people ask about the photo that I used with that tweet, the one of the kitten with the dirty little face. And Truth be told, that's actually our cat that we adopted from the shelter. That picture was snapped when they were still taking care of him. And he was only a couple weeks old at that point. He would got brought in. He's got the big sad story, right? He got brought in after being abandoned with his siblings out in the cold. And when the shelter first got them, just a couple days old, they initially didn't think that they were going to make it. But that's why these donations, these charity bids are so important, right? Because it helps fund the work that they're doing at the shelter. And fortunately for us... They were able to save all the kittens in that litter, and uh, my wife and I ended up adopting that one. His name's Joey. He is a terror around our house, but it's just another example of what you know the money's going to and, and what we're trying to accomplish there. So Highest Bid's going to get to do the video call with me. We'll have some fun, talk about your roster, see if we can improve it anywhere, get you ready for the fantasy playoffs, but the money's going to a, a great cause as well. So appreciate everybody being so supportive. Just wanted to say that off the top, but let's dive into these injuries here. Miles Sanders is the first one I want to talk about. He's got an ankle sprain. I know this year so far hasn't been the best for Sanders. The Eagles, the injuries, the absences in the offensive line, another problem. Some weeks, it just doesn't seem like Philly wants to give him the ball that often either, so he's not getting that big workload. But now he's dealing with this ankle issue, knocked him out of the game, and it's believed to be a low ankle sprain. So that would at least give him a shot to maybe be out there in week eight. And this might be his best matchup of the season, too. He's going up against the Lions, but there's no guarantee he's going to be ready in time for that game. So we'll be watching practice participation closely there, and then we'll be considering Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott as ads this week, just in case. We will talk more about them during the waiver wire section a little bit later. Patrick Mahomes, he took that big headshot. I'm sure you've seen the highlight by now. Basically took a flying knee to the head while scrambling. Looked a little out of it when he was walking off at his teammates and trainers kind of helping him. But apparently he passed the concussion protocol and he's fine. Even spoke to the media after the game, which is always a good sign. I'm guessing he's probably woke up with a pretty sore neck on Monday morning, but doesn't seem like it's going to cost him any time. But don't let this overshadow the fact that their offense, it's been struggling a little bit. At least not as smooth as we've seen in recent years, right? Mahomes has nine picks through the first seven games. That's after throwing just five and six picks each of the last two years. And a lot of them weren't his fault. I mean, there's been some bad bounces, some tip balls, but a lot more mistakes than usual from that Chiefs offense. And that doesn't mean we're panicking here. Mahomes is still doing well for fantasy. If anything, this might be a buy low moment for him, if such a thing even exists for a guy like Mahomes. Uh, Zach Wilson, so right PCL sprain for him. 
this one doesn't have a lot of ramifications for fantasy because let's face it. I mean, most people aren't really trusting any jets in their lineups right now, but Wilson hurt the knee. The MRI confirmed the PCL sprain on Monday. So the timeline they're saying for that is two to four weeks. And right now their backup quarterback is Mike White, which is going to be rough if we got to watch Mike White here for the next few weeks. And it's a real serious problem for Corey Davis, for Michael Carter, who were probably the only two players you may have been considering to put in your lineup from the Jets. And particularly bad for Carter because coming off their bye, it looked like he was getting a bigger workload there. I know Ty Johnson got a little dinged up in the game, but 19 touches for Carter, only 37 yards on the ground, but eight catches for 67 yards through the air. Some tougher matchups coming run defense-wise in the next few weeks. The uh, Bengals, the Colts, the Bills over that time. So this Jets offense probably just going to be a stay away unless you're really, really desperate. If Wilson's not out there, you're probably not going to want to go near any of those guys. Jonu Smith, shoulder injury. Might have been an AC joint sprain. We're going to know more on Monday when the test results come out, but he's been banged up all year. And that might explain why Hunter Henry's really come out as the top tight end of roster in New England. Henry, a touchdown in four straight games now, really worked his way into the tight end one conversation for fantasy. And with Smith hurt near, Henry's only solidified even more in that spot. Josh Jacobs with the chest injury. Raiders lead back was ruled out pretty quickly there. And that was kind of scary. Seemed a little ominous, but Tom Pelissero reported that the team's actually optimistic that it wasn't a major injury. He'll get a couple weeks to get healthy here. Raiders are on bye this week. So same goes for his teammate, Darren Waller. Hopefully that week off is going to help these guys and they can come back healthy because Waller, it's kind of a strange one, right? Like we got the news on Saturday that he got downgraded to questionable. The overnight reports from Schefter weren't very positive. To make matters worse, it was a late afternoon game. So then a lot of people were asking questions. I know during the Twitter takeover on Sunday morning, a lot of people asking questions about whether they should go with Waller or go with somebody in the early window. I said error against it because at that point, it really seemed like Waller wasn't going to play. So I was recommending going with guys like Ricky Seals-Jones and some others. And unfortunately, Waller did get ruled out of that one. So the injuries apparently to his inner ankle and his heel, but... Hopefully, like we're saying, he can get better in a couple weeks here, and ideally we'll see him back in week nine. If this does turn out to be a more severe injury, like a high ankle sprain, then Waller could miss some time after that. And his backup, Foster Moreau, stepped in. Really, six catches, 60 yards, had a score in that game. Uh, he's off on bye this week, obviously, so you're going to have to find another fill-in regardless. But keep Moreau in mind, just in case, if Waller does miss time after the bye week, Tight end premium leagues, that sort of thing. Morrow could be somebody that works into that, you know, tight end two conversation, maybe ends up being a nice streamer there for a week or two. He's really always flashed when he's been given opportunities. They just they don't come that often when you're playing behind a guy like Waller. Uh, we also got to keep an eye on Dak Prescott, who was on bye this week, but the Cowboys sort of suggested that he might have missed this game if they were playing in week seven. Now, they had the bye. He's another guy that hopefully the couple weeks off, he'll come back good. He's dealing with a calf strain, and that was the one that happened on the final play in that week six game. Seems like he should be good to go, though, but want to see him back at practice this week before we know for sure. Nick Chubb also dealing with a calf strain. That caused him to miss the Thursday nighter last week. Kevin Stefanski after the game said he was pretty hopeful that Chubb was going to be back for week eight. Got some good news on Monday. Chubb was back out there at practice. And then Josina Anderson reported that barring any sort of setback, Chubb is expected to play in week eight. So that's great to hear. I don't know, maybe, you know, Dearness Johnson playing so well last week, you know, maybe Chubb started to worry that he was going to get Wally Pip there and lose his job. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will say, I, you know, I'm making that joke right now, but before I get any messages, people not realizing it's a joke, I'm completely kidding. There is no reality in which Chubb loses his job to Johnson, but I do expect that Johnson will step into that sort of Kareem Hunt role based on how he played, right? Like now they can have some confidence in him kind of taking some touches away from Chubb. So if you're thinking that with Hunt out, Chubb's going to become this top five workhorse, it's not going to happen. They're going to use Johnson. They're going to use multiple backs. They're going to want to run the ball a ton there. So I think Chubb's role is going to stay kind of similar to what it is when Hunt's healthy out there. The important thing though, and all what I'm taking away from this is back in the practice field this week, obviously the Josina Anderson report gives us even more confidence, but just great to see him back out there and hopefully we're going to get him back in the lineup this week. And I know Baker Mayfield, his teammate, his quarterback, is saying last week that he thinks maybe he could come back for this one. I don't know. We got that report from Jake Glazer saying that he has a fracture in that shoulder as well. And I know it's his non-throwing shoulder, but still, talking about a fracture, I think he's going to need a couple weeks for that one to heal. So I think they'll give him at least one more week to get right here. And uh, we'll see Case Keenum out there once again. And we talked about this last week. I mean, a healthy Case Keenum versus a banged up Baker Mayfield. The drop-off isn't that much, and Keenum looked all right on Thursday as well. A couple other Browns updates here. Odo Beckham was practicing Monday, so good sign for him. But Jarvis Landry was not, and right now, it's unclear if Landry's going to be healthy enough to suit up on Sunday against the Steelers. That's one we'll keep watching. Also not sure we're going to see Saquon Barkley in Week 8. He's been out with an ankle injury. Based on the reports, Seems like week nine is probably more likely, but not ruling out the possibility a guy like Barkley, an athlete like him, that he could surprise us and maybe suit up. But if not, at least we know the situation here. Devontae Booker continuing to lead the way for the Giants while Barkley's been sidelined. Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, they should have a pretty good chance of returning to the lineup for the Bucks in week eight. Last week, I ran through the players that were potentially coming off PUP or IR, if not this week, but soon. Uh, Jerry Judy and Michael Gallup seems like it's going to be this week for them. Uh, guys like Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas, George Kittle, Russell Wilson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Dawson Knox, the list goes on and on here. I mean, Logan Thomas, Will Fuller. I think we're still a, a week or so away from them returning, so we'll keep watching for updates, but don't think we're going to see those guys back this week. I also get asked about Jeff Wilson quite a bit here on the 49ers, and Based on what I've seen from Elijah Mitchell, I don't really know why anyone's that worried about Jeff Wilson. I mean, Mitchell looks pretty good as the lead back in San Fran. I know an injury could happen before that time and we could have Wilson come back and take on a bigger role there. But the latest on Wilson is that he's not likely to return until mid to late November. So if you have an IR spot and you could stash him, absolutely. But I'm not going out of my way to get him on my bench you know, he'd be the Jamichael Hasty kind of role. He'd be that complimentary back behind Mitchell. And I know injuries can change things, but right now, I think you know, the schedule is pretty good in the second half of the season. As long as Mitchell stays healthy and keeps rolling here, I don't think we're going to see Wilson come in and take that job from him or anything. We also, I mean, we might see Trey Lance sooner rather than later. We should talk about him real quick here because now that the 49ers are two and four, Jimmy G really struggling. I know the weather was awful in that game with the Colts, but. He's really struggling. He's not bringing much to that offense. So it could be fun here. We could see Lance get in there sooner rather than later. And, you know, it's another reason just to stash Lance in case you need quarterback help because the second half of the season with that good schedule, when he finally gets in there, could be a difference maker for fantasy. 
All right, that brings us to the waiver wire ads for week eight, and I'll have that full waiver wire column up on Monday night over at the score. For now, I'm just going to discuss the top names, top names I'll be writing up that you'll be seeing in the article. The article goes way deeper at every position, and I actually had somebody chirp me for that last week. Somebody said that I'm just listing off as many names as possible in hoping that I get one right. I laughed when I read it. I mean, I've explained this before. We're writing this column for a wide variety of fantasy players. There's a ton of different leagues, scoring settings. You know, there's eight team leagues. There's 16 team leagues. We're trying to cover everybody here, right? So in the column, I want to give as many options as possible. And some players are closer to that 50% rostered mark. Those guys might be available in eight to 10 team leagues. Some guys are all the way down at 0% rostered and I'm breaking it up because I'm trying to give you different categories to give you an idea of who might be a good flex or a riskier flex or a dart throw flex, who could be a long-term stash or an IR stash. It's just, it's a guide, right? So we're trying to put it out there and give as many people options as we can. So depending on the depth of your league, there should be something in there for everybody. I used to, you know, when you write the column and people are out there saying, oh, there's no way these guys are all rostered in my league. Well, look at my column. There is no chance that that's the case because there are plenty of guys that are 0% rostered in the column every single week. But today we're just going to focus on the top ads, the guys you should be considering this week. And in the article, you can read about all those deeper names if you want to. Before we get to the quarterbacks, though, one thing I do want to touch on, I'll just remind everybody that the trade deadline, we're just over a week away here, depending when you're listening to the show. It's next Tuesday, November 2nd. So if you want to grab Deshaun Watson or Marlon Mack, guys like that, you want to grab them and hold them just in case they get dealt this week, not a bad move. You know, I still have my doubts that we're going to see Watson on the field this season, but stranger things have happened. And I've talked about Mack for a few weeks now. I know I mentioned him again on the Friday show. Still a long shot, I think, to become a real fantasy difference maker, but why not hold him and just see if he gets on a team that maybe his value increases significantly, right? It doesn't seem like that would be too much of a stretch here. Uh, Right now for the Colts, he's not really doing that much, and it seems pretty likely that he's going to be dealt. So might as well have him on your roster just in case that value shoots up with a new team. And be ready. I mean, this week, in case any rumors come out and you need to pivot very quickly or maybe go pick somebody up, on the waiver wire, you should always know which player is at the bottom of your roster, which player would be the first one that you would drop just in case any news breaks and then you can go make that quick decision right away and pick somebody up. So something to keep in mind as well this week or sort of this time of year right before the trade deadline. All right, let's start with the quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, just over 50% rostered, so he doesn't really qualify here, but he will be an intriguing option for week eight if he's available in your league. That's assuming that he makes it out of the Monday nighter tonight in one piece. But next week, it'll be that revenge game against the Buccaneers. Tampa, I know they just held Justin Fields in check, but normally they are that pass funnel. Prior to week seven, I don't have the updated numbers yet since we're still waiting on that Monday nighter, but prior to week seven, the Bucs were allowing the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Jameis will have a shot to put up a big day in that one. There's really lots of good streamers this week, though. Daniel Jones, 28% rostered. He's playing the Chiefs. They have been awful on defense. They were the second easiest fantasy matchup for quarterbacks, at least heading into week seven. And they let Ryan Tannehill this week go out and kind of get right against them. He put up 270 yards, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown. And that's another multi-touchdown day for a quarterback. So five of the last six QBs that the Chiefs have faced have put up multi-touchdown days against them. And Daniel Jones, you know, he might be getting back some help this week. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney. 
Maybe one of those guys or a couple of those guys could get back. Either way, Jones can use his legs. Obviously, everybody's been hitting up the Chiefs for fantasy points here. I think Jones is going to have a good day. I think the same goes for Teddy Bridgewater. 20% rostered, playing against Washington. The Chiefs giving up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Well, guess what? Washington's given up the most. Just the complete opposite of what we expected from this defense before the year started. And it's almost hard to believe. You know, here's the touchdown totals against Washington since week two. Daniel Jones put up two touchdowns. Josh Allen put up five. Matt Ryan put up four. Jameis Winston put up four. Patrick Mahomes had two. And then Aaron Rodgers put up three touchdowns against them this week. And three or more touchdowns to quarterbacks in three of their last five outings. Teddy should have no problem in this one. He's likely going to get Jerry Judy back, so that helps too. I like him a lot this week. I'd also consider Trevor Lawrence, who's 41% rostered and going up against Seattle. Like I said, there's just lots of good streamer options. I could keep going down the list, but there's only two teams on by, so shouldn't really have a problem at quarterback this week. Moving on to running backs. Sadly, the options here aren't as plentiful. So that's good and that's bad, right? It's good because that means there weren't as many running back injuries this week. It's bad because it means that fantasy managers, you know, they need help at running back. It means they're not going to have that many options. The position is just so thin right now. Injuries to guys at the top, CMC, Barkley, you know, bunch of guys have gotten hurt that went in the first few rounds. So we'll see what we can do here. Let's see if we can find anybody for you. And I will say, I mentioned them before, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, they're going to top the list. Gainwell, 21% rostered, Scott down at 2%. But if Miles Sanders can't suit up this week, and we don't have that update yet, so we don't know for sure, but people should be preemptively grabbing these guys because they were split in time, really, after Sanders left. And Gainwell was seeing more of the passing down work, yet Scott seeing more carries. But the real reason here is this Eagles backfield, they're going to get to play the Lions this week. And the Lions have given up the most fantasy points to running backs on the year. Just a great matchup and one where, you know, maybe Philly could afford to give Sanders the week off if they look at this one on the schedule and they go, we'll probably get the the win over the Lions. You don't want to be overconfident, but I think Philly could pull that one out. So don't go crazy with your bids just in case Sanders does end up playing, but see if you can get those guys on the cheap. I'd also still be trying to get Rashad Penny. And I know it's tricky when we're bringing up guys that are going to play in the Monday nighter like Jameis or Penny. Injuries could happen. A lot could change. So it's kind of tough to recommend him right now. But I mentioned him in the article last week. Now, the expectation is that Alex Collins is going to play this week and that Penny will just mix in. But Collins is nicked up right now. He's entering the game with that groin injury. There's a less than 0% chance that it, you know things could break Penny's way and he could come out of this game really looking like a great fantasy option moving forward if Collins gets hurt or if he just outperforms Collins in this one you know you still have a guy that that team they spent a first round pick on him several years ago so they're going to give him every chance here when he's healthy he's just not healthy very often but there's a, a possibility here that his value could skyrocket that he could move right to the top of this list if he has a big game on Monday night either way he needs to be rostered Collins with the groin injury Chris Carson his status just a complete mystery with that neck issue. So go out there and get Penny just in case. Another one to look at just as a streamer flex option, Samaj P. Ryan of the Bengals. He's 7% rostered. Really almost split things down the middle with Joe Mixon this week. He played just four fewer snaps. Now, some of that could be game script and the Bengals kind of got up big on the Ravens late in that one. But either way, the Bengals are playing the Jets this week. They should control that game too. P. Ryan could have a chance to put up a really nice flex numbers, maybe even more. So go and get him. 
At receiver, we always have a, a big list of guys at the top here that are around that 50% cutoff mark. Guys we've talked about before, guys who I think should already be rostered. So Kadarius Toney, Hunter Renfro, Miko Hardman, Rondell Moore. You don't have to roster them, but in my opinion, I think they should be rostered in most leagues. Rashad Bateman tops the list again this week. Just looking great. He's still down at 32% rostered, even though I've written him up a couple weeks in a row here. I had him as the stash and start, sit, stash, quit a few weeks before that. 12 targets over his first two games. Puts up 80 yards, three catches this week. Just his second game as a pro. Like, he's already doing this. It's great to see. He's playing the second most snaps on the team. He's running the second most routes in the team behind Marquise Brown. Really, things are just trending in the right direction for him, and it gives him a chance to have that big breakout in the second half of the season. I would be surprised if they send him back to the bench for Sammy Watkins when, when and if Watkins is healthy and ready to come back here. I would be shocked by that. So go get Bateman. Just know that he's on by this week. So it's not a guy that you can get and just throw into your lineup there. If you are searching for somebody that can get in your lineup and none of the guys I mentioned already are out there, we could go a little bit lower and grab, you know, a flex play, a guy that could sneak into your lineup, Khalif Raymond on the Lions. He's just 3% rostered. He's seen at least six targets in four of the Lions' last five games. Has three games with at least six receptions during that time, too. And this week had a really nice performance. Six catches, 115 yards against the Rams. So getting it done in tough matchups. Quietly emerging as the top receiver in that Lions receiving core. Not somebody you're going to feel great about putting in your lineup, but he's turning into a, a decent fantasy option. A nice little flex play there in deeper leagues. And I'd also consider stashing some injured guys like T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Parker. You have to think they're getting closer to returning here. And when they get back, they could be in that wide receiver three flex mix as well. Same goes for Michael Gallup. If he returns this week, he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. Other than that, I mean, it's a lot of just risky flex plays at receiver. So we'll jump to tight ends here. Ricky Seals-Jones, he's over the 50% mark. He would be the number one ad if he were still available in your league. After him, just a lot of streamer types. So Jared Cook, Tyler Conklin, CJ Zoma, Cole Komet. You're basically just hoping that you find a guy that scores a touchdown or if in Zoma's case, scores a couple touchdowns for you, which is always possible. But Really, I know that that's what a lot of tight end streamers, they're just trying to chase that guy that could end up in the end zone because you know the low-end tight end ones tend to just be the guy that has 20, 30 yards and a score. None of the guys that I just mentioned there are going to give you consistent numbers. None of them are you know full-time options for you on your team. You should be aiming a little higher, but Cook's in the best offense. Conklin, Uzoma, they got the best matchups this week if you're just looking for that one-off. They're just, they're all fine fallbacks. They're all guys that, you know, they're not locked into tight end one numbers, but there's going to be some weeks where they can get up into that range for you. And then let's give you a couple defenses for week eight here. Uh, the Bengals, 18% rostered. They're about to go up against Mike White and the Jets. And the Jets were already giving up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Now they're going to get to go up against White here. It could just be a bloodbath if things go the Bengals way again. Uh, I also really like the Cowboys defense. They may have been dropped in your league, 39% rostered, just because they were on by. The matchup with Minnesota isn't really outstanding, but Dallas's defense hasn't really had a bad game yet this year. They're averaging the third most fantasy points per game on the year, just behind the Bills and the Cardinals defenses. So definitely one to consider. I would also consider the Chargers versus the Pats. Their defense has been pretty solid this year. And the Eagles against the Lions, and that one is self-explanatory. The Chargers are 16% rostered. 
Eagles are 6% rostered. So both those are widely available out there for you. But that's all for today's show. Make sure you check out the full waiver wire column Monday night over at The Score. I'll be back on Wednesday with the Week 8 preview episode. But until then, big thanks to everybody who's bid on that one-on-one fantasy video call for the charity auction. Really appreciate that. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we'll see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.